You are now listening to the Holistic Healing Arts Podcast with Sydney Locke. Okay, so we're back on another week of Holistic Healing Arts Podcast. This week we're joined by Sean Houck, who is our in-house osteopathic osteopath (laughs) manual osteopath Osteopath. how are you sean i'm doing well thanks good um can you just explain to our listeners what a manual osteopath is it's basically um a very um non-invasive hands-on approach to realigning the body and getting it back to where it's happiest and so by doing so uh it promotes healing and it promotes just general well-being nice um and how long have you been practicing um okay so (laughs) minus covid lockdown times um i think just two years now two years okay okay and the schooling and stuff how long does that typically take uh it can take anywhere from two to four years depending on which program you do Mm -hmm. but each one of these programs no matter where you go you have to have a certain amount of hours and all these, uh, to be called a manual osteopath, you have to, have to adhere to the World Health Organization of what a manual osteopath is. Okay. So you have to have that same amount of, uh, of training, hands-on training, and also uh, book learning as well. Okay. And for those of you who don't know Sean, he wasn't always um, in the, <laughs> in the <laughs> medical realm. Give us a little bit of a story about yourself. <laughs> So uh, for the first 15 years of, uh, of my, I guess, career, career, I was uh, a professional musical theater performer and uh, singer, and I went from uh, all over Canada, the U.S. Um, I played Gilbert Blythe at the Charlottetown Festival for all those <laughs> Canadian nights out there. So I got to be the rascal that pulled, uh, pulled Anne's pigtails. Um, and I've been fortunate enough to work at the Stratford Festival for four seasons, so I've kind of been everywhere, and I loved it, and then uh, it got to the point where I got older, as we all do, and um, I decided that uh, this wasn't fun anymore, Mm -hmm. and um, as my father's a naturopathic doctor, I've always been a fan of complementary medicine, and um, and I felt that this um, this was the right fit. I actually was looking also at massage therapy, but when I came upon manual osteopathy, and to be honest, I didn't know what it was either, mm-hmm. um, I, I thought, okay, so I researched it, looked into it. I thought it's very cool because um, it originates from um, Dr. Andrew Stills, and he actually got a lot of his techniques and stuff from the Shawnee Indians. So it's actually an indigenous, um, an indigenous uh, originates from an indigenous practice. So uh, it was, uh, yeah, it just, it just, everything just fit perfectly. And, uh, and I was able to, I actually had to finish out acting while I was, uh, while I was doing my first year of school, I was still performing and doing the, and doing the, um, the uh, learning and everything on the side as well. So yeah, it was a, it was a great thing. I still do perform. I still sing. I'm still a Freddie Mercury tribute artist. (laughs) Once COVID's done, I'll be able to go and rock out. I actually have a gig coming up in Quebec. Whether it happens or not, crossing my fingers. Everyone's we'll fingers and toes are crossed. Yeah, exactly. But no, it was uh, it was uh, it was a really good fit, and it happened at a really really good time. Well, that's awesome. Mm. That everything kind of just fell into place for you then. Yeah. Sometimes you got to listen to the universe. Yeah. Sometimes the universe gives you hints, <laughs> and it's like, hey, 
Maybe you should do something different now. Yeah. <laughs> time for a change. Kind of just, you know. Get away from the stage. That, yeah, exactly. Pushes you in that direction. Do you ever just sing to some of your patients as you're working on them? I have a rule. If, if it's on their birthday and they request it, I will sing. I will as sing Freddie to Mercury. My Not as Freddie Mercury because I think I would disrupt the, uh, I would disrupt our Ankar sing next door. Yeah, it's a small Actually, clinic. it's a small clinic and everybody would hear it. But I do, you know, I do then a little Elvis for people and a little Frank Sinatra. <laughs> like kind of just, you know, more chill, more chill stuff. Nice, nice. I leave the rocking, rocking stuff for when I'm on stage. For really stage. let my hair down. That's amazing. And the wigs. Yeah. Are there wigs? I don't have a wig for Freddie Mercury. Okay. I have a wig for yeah. all my other stuff, like Tom Jones and, and Elvis <laughs> and stuff. I need wigs for that. Don't have the hair. But Freddie Mercury, I still can work with the hair. Work it? But I do have a fake mustache. Ooh. Yeah, because I can't grow one that looks any good. So, <laughs> and it's yeah. got to be authentic. Yeah, it's got to be authentic. And you know what? It's a lot easier to just glue it on and then just take it off. And I'm happy about that. That's totally fair. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so you've been at the clinic for, you said, about two years now? About two years, minus COVID. Minus yeah. COVID. Yeah. And right now, you're not allowed to practice because of yeah. the regulations of the, yes. the recent lockdown times, what, three now? Um, um, yeah, so this is the third lockdown. Yay! Mm-hmm. <laughs> so clap for that. <laughs> Thanks, Ford. Well done. Um, unfortunately, because manual osteopathy is still an unregulated profession, we sort of fell through the cracks. Um, and uh, the government decided that when they lock down things like chiropractors, massage therapists, naturopaths can all still practice, but as we're, uh, and any regulated profession can still practice, but unregulated professions like manual osteopaths, reflexology, um, Reiki, um, any, any, any other one that's not regulated has to stop. Even though we follow all the protocols, um, we're very safe, we're always masked, I'm vaccinated now, as are a lot of manual osteopaths, it doesn't matter. We're fighting with the government to try and get them to give us an exception. Um, but they're dealing with so much right now that, yeah, it was just easier for them to say no. But at least they decided to lock everything else down. Yeah. It was a little <laughs> frustrating. The first day of lockdown, I'm like, okay, I'm not working. And I went to Home Depot, Value Village, you know, mm-hmm. went to Business Depot, wandering around. I'm like, this is no different. Yeah. This is not a lockdown. So yeah. now they're taking it seriously. So hopefully we um, will get through this sooner. Yeah, hopefully. In terms of, I still don't understand. I know you've explained it to me before. um, The reason between uh, massage therapists being able to practice. I know they're regulated, but why why would there be any difference between you and a massage therapist? Um, Because, frankly, there isn't really a difference. And Mm -hmm. that we're both, um, and actually, to be honest, um, I usually spend about, you know, 25 to 30 minutes with the patient, whereas massage therapists will spend 45 and an hour. Mm -hmm. So um, in many ways, it's actually not as good. Um, But the thing is that they have a regulated profession, so they have a lobbyist that basically talks to the government, Mm -hmm. and we don't have that right now. Uh, Myself and a couple osteopaths, and we're trying to get together more people, and we've had some petitions going around and stuff. Um, I think actually there's one on the Holistic Facebook page, um, and just basically um, we're doing our best to try and get regulated because this has really shown that that not being regulated, we really fall through the cracks and we are, un- are, are unable to practice and our, our patients suffer because of this mm-hmm. and it's it's not right. We need to figure something out, figure something better. Yeah, no kidding. Mm. And, and it's not like um, osteopathy is a new form of practice, is it? Like, no, it, it's it, been around. It's been around for a hundred plus years. Yeah, so it doesn't yeah. really make much sense why it wouldn't yeah. be 
considered regulated as well. Yeah, some people, the problem is that there's there's a bunch of different groups and there's a bunch of different standards of what people think the schooling is. Even though we all, uh, we all uh, my school, um, National Academy of Osteopathy, we adhere to the w, the World Health Organization of what a manual, osteopath, uh, manual osteopath is, there are other schools that say, no, 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 that's not manual osteopathy, this is manual osteopathy. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to regulate because if they regulate, then we're all going to be under one umbrella. And so there's still a bit of infighting happening. But I think that um, one silver lining about about this COVID pandemic is that there's people now coming to the table and talking about regulation from the other associations. So mm-hmm. hopefully we can get everybody on board, everybody on the same page, and we all put our eggs in not eggs in one basket, but all our all our resources into one basket, and then we can have a voice with the government so that something like this, pray nothing like this happens again. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but it's it is it is a better thing to have uh, a regulated profession in many ways, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, if the pandemic's on us anything, it's that you know, although this form of practice is physical, like it's um what I'm trying to say here. It's for your physical health. It's also for yeah. your mental health, as are like yeah. a lot of the services that have been closed down. So it's yeah. it's people are struggling in in both sense that they're losing out on their mental and physical well being. So I mean, some people, you know, just them they them going to like the hairdresser or something mm-hmm. like that is is a therapeutic thing. They talk about it, you know, and they they talk about what's going on with their lives and it's it's we we crave we're we're pack animals Mm -hmm. in in all of its simplicity we're pack animals we're meant to be together and you know i mean i'm not believe it or not i'm not much of a social butterfly (laughs) i'm very happy being at home Mm -hmm. but this has just been too much and i i miss seeing my friends and i miss you know, hanging out with people and um and 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 doing that and um as a result of COVID were, oops, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) 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 But yes, we do crave human touch. We do crave human interaction. Mm -hmm. And um, we need more of that in whatever way we can. And you can't tell me that it's the hairdressers and the manual osteopaths that are increasing the cases because it's not. There's been no manual osteopathy clinic that I know of from any of my alumni that has had any cases. Yeah. So, and the protocols here that we're following at the clinic are yes, it's very insane. stringent. Yeah, very, exactly. very stringent. Yeah, I mean everyone's wearing masks, double yeah. masks. Yeah, uh, we've yeah. got everybody in the clinic now is vaccinated. Yep. Yeah. yeah, foot traffic is next to none right now, especially yeah. because of the newest lockdown rules. Yeah. Um, only patients are allowed actually yeah. in the clinic. Yeah. we're just doing curbside pickup, so it's it is quite frustrating. And like, I mean, I feel for you. Yeah. Um, because like we said before, this is the third time around and how many times can we go through all of this? Yes. Um, you know, it, it yeah. comes to a point where it's just kind of enough's enough. And I understand the whole, uh, got to protect, got to protect everyone in the, in the thing. We've got to exactly. do our own bit, but it yes. is quite exhausting. I think everyone's quite over it. Yeah. And you know what? Sourdough baking does get boring. It does. So. No, I have no, like, what have you been doing? Like, I just, I go crazy if I have one day off. Jeez. I know my mom, my mom's a hairstylist and yeah. she's been off as well. And yeah. she's been digging up everything in our backyard. Yeah. Like, You're going to have an oasis. And, oh, we are. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's I been... mean, we just finished, I just helped my girlfriend. We just did her backsplash. Okay. I've got a bunch of other chores that I'm, you know, being told I have to do now. So, <laughs> the honey do Because I've got the free time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Oh man. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. if you make any more sourdough, please feel free to bring it in. We love <laughs> I it. Do have to, I do have to bring you some sourdough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'm making sourdough pizza tonight, but Ooh. I'll, uh, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. That is very exciting. All right. Um, we, so we talked about the qualifications, we talked about the schooling, we talked about all the regulation of osteopathy. Um, is there anything else, like why, I know you said it was kind of like your bit of calling, um, what is it that you love the most? Like what makes you really passionate about it all of a sudden? Well, I think, you know, um, growing up as the son of a naturopath, um, I, I was never one of those guys that took painkillers and mm -hmm. things like that. And I remember like doing shows at Stratford and we'd have to sometimes do two shows in one day and some of the dance shows i did were really tough like throwing people around and lifts and and tap dancing and spins and splits and everything and you know some of the guys would be like oh is this a two advil show day or is this a one advil show day you know and i'd be like taking my glucosamine and my curcumatrix <laughs> you know and I never, I never really had any knock on wood. Never had any knee issues. Never mm -hmm. had any foot issues. I mean, I got injured once in a while, but it was just kind of. But you know, I have friends that like you know can barely walk now because their knees are so messed yeah. up because they just took painkillers all their life. So they, I always knew that there was a better way than what is um, what is considered you know just like just mask the pain, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I've always been a fan of like acupuncture and massage therapy and. Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, osteopathy was just like uh, it was. It was just it just drew me right in, and as soon as I researched it, I was like, "This is perfect. This mm -hmm. is it," you know. So um, working with people, working with their with their own body, and another thing too is like I've always been in pretty good shape as being a dancer and stuff, and the importance of stretching. I mean, it's just it's just vital. Like you can, you know, right? I tell my patients like when I found out I was getting locked down. I told my patients, I'm like, you need to triple up on your stretches. <laughs> you need to do more homework because mm -hmm. I'm not going to see you for a while. You know, and I would send them YouTube videos of like good people I like who do stretches. Mm -hmm. um, but it's amazing that we don't, you know, like we'll sit in a chair for like 30 minutes or whatever. And we'll just get right up and like, you know, go. But yet if you watch any animal, like, you know, a dog or a cat, when they get up from a nap, what's the first thing they do? Mm -hmm. They stretch. And humans, we don't do that. Yeah. So we need to make a, a point of that. I think too, like with um, COVID, there's a lot of people hunched over their computers and stuff, and they really need to like open up the open up the chest and things. So they really need to uh, um, uh, increase their stretching and movement because mm -hmm. it's really unhealthy to sit down. Have you seen since like the whole pandemic started when you were able to practice, were you seeing a lot of patients coming in, new patients, old patients, of yes. like because of their work yeah. from home situation? And they're actually, they had increased issues because now they're not walking to the water cooler and they're not yeah. walking to the printer, you know? And they would just sit there and before they knew it, they'd been sitting there for three hours, yeah. you know, working on something and not realize it and then have that like that terrible pain between the shoulder blade or you know, or their neck would be hurting. And it was like all these issues they were having because of sitting down. I mean, mm -hmm. sitting down is so unnatural. Our, our body is happiest when we're, when we're standing up because our spine, and standing up with proper posture, of course, because our spine is a natural S-curve. And that S-curve actually takes a lot of the weight with just that shape itself. So when we sit and we hunch over, our spine now becomes a C-curve. Mm -hmm. And that puts all these pressure on the discs, which are the little, little, cushions if you will between each of the spine 
to the spinal vertebra, right? And so we're squeezing these sponges out of all their water. And then eventually we get to the point where if we don't do that and don't stretch and don't look after ourselves, we're crushing into those in, uh, into bone on bone and it's causing an excruciating amount of pain. So by keeping the muscles in that area strong and keeping the muscles in that area supple we're, and keeping in proper posture, we're actually doing the proper, um, what nature had intended, which is that S-curve. But when you sit down, it's just all ruined. Yeah. And we do. We sit down. I mean, we also have, like, not to mention, like, um, blood pools in our legs. Like, it's just really unhealthy. So if I can tell anybody anything, it's just set a timer. And every 25 to 30 minutes, get up, do some stretches, you know, mm -hmm. jog on the spot, uh, do something. Go for anything, a walk. Go for yeah. a walk. I mean, mm -hmm. if, even, if, even if you don't have, like, I mean, you know, you can't. There's not enough time to like go mm -hmm. for a walk every time. But even if you just get up, wiggle your hips a little bit, you know, stretch your arms back, you know, do a nice neck stretch and then sit back down and get back to work. You're, um, you're, um, you're negating a lot of the negative stuff from sitting down. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. yeah, I'm terrible for that. I've even looked into getting... Um, oh, stand-up desk? The stand-up desk. Yeah, that makes a huge look, difference. They do. Yeah. And I mean... I'm one of those people. I have I have good prop posture in my shoulders and whatnot. Yes, you do have good um, posture. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but I am terrible for crossing my legs. Like I have to sit with one leg up. Yeah. So it's not good for my hips. And like I know it's bad, but I still do it. It's a habit. It's right? such a habit. Yeah. It's yeah. such a habit, and I can't yeah. I can't sit with both feet on the ground. It's yeah. so it's just not comfy for myself. Yeah. So if I stand up, I find I kind of alleviates that, but yeah. I'm still yeah. One of no, those you should. Yeah, yeah, if you can get one of those stand-up desks, mm -hmm. they're great. I've had a lot of patients, and they'll come and see me, and they'll be like, "I'm getting a stand-up desk." I'm like, "Great, I won't need to see you as much." Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be. And also, too, just uh, we actually burn more calories when we stand than we do when we sit. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I'm just gonna start standing all the time then. <laughs> no, it is every any any chance you get, stand. It's uh, yeah. And again, though, too, like if you sit smart, you know, so you sit up, pull your shoulder blades back. Not crossing your legs over. <laughs> if you're gonna cross your leg over, just make sure you switch it up. Yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, it's all about it's all about you want to balance that out. Mm -hmm. So if you have to cross your legs, just make sure you cross your other leg over every once in a while, just to kind of balance it out. Make sure you just stretch that side a little mm -hmm. bit more. Hmm. Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing like a YouTube channel of sorts, or have you already? In there's terms a, of like stretching and stuff. There's a lot out there. I know, I know. It's such a saturated. <laughs> but it is, it is something I, I, I am actually contemplating. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm contemplating putting because I have like YouTube lists of like people that I like and mm -hmm. people that I follow but every once in a while like I'll be like mm, I really want to show somebody this stretch but this YouTube thing doesn't really explain it like I would mm -hmm. so I think I might one of these days yeah who knows maybe you'll see me on a YouTube channel but oh, it's yeah. uh yeah Maybe we can run it in conjunction with uh, with your podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I think that, yeah, people understand the reason that they're stretching and why they're doing it. And there is specific stretches that I've discovered that are just amazing and really help 
uh, help uh, have helped a lot of people mm-hmm. and I'd like to yeah keep it out there you know of course I have to do a disclaimer and all that stuff yeah no of course yeah. we we always been doing like I've done um uh I did a two-part podcast with uh Dr. Webb about oh, migraines, one, migraines right yeah, really and good. so yeah. we keep saying she's a great doctor but she's not your doctor yeah exactly. <laughs> everything with a grain of yes. salt as disclaimer, alert, disclaimer. disclaimer alert exactly <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah um We've, oh, you and I have had this discussion before because, like I've said on the podcast previously, like I suffer from migraines. And so, manual osteopathy is not just for, say, like your back and your shoulders and your knees and your joints and all that stuff. You do practice what is cranial osteopathy? Yeah, it's called cranial osteopathy. Yeah. Um, And um, it was was, uh, created by a guy named, they called him Bonehead Bill. That wasn't his name. And honestly, I can't remember his actual name. I think it was like William. Sutherland, I think. Yes, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. William Sutherland. Uh, and he uh, discovered um, the, the idea that um, the bones in the skull actually breathe and move a little bit, like the joints in the skull. So we have these joints in our skull called sutures, and they actually breathe and move, and they kind of move like gills of a fish. And sometimes when they're, like, stuck, um, they will sometimes cause headaches and other issues. So... There's a bunch of techniques we use to kind of just, um, first of all, like, sort of like, think of it like, you know, you've got this dry garden, you want to move, you want to move land, but it's dry and it's not going to move. So the first thing you want to do is you kind of manipulate the cerebral spinal fluid and sort of like water the area so that it can move a little bit better. And then you gently, it's very, very relaxing. Most people actually fall asleep on the table (laughs) when I do it. But it helps like clear up the sinuses. It helps with, uh, and it's helped people with headaches and things like that in the past. So, um, and then there's also visceral osteopathy, which, ba- which is basically where you dig your fingers underneath people's ribs and you know can release um, the tendons and ligaments that hold the organs. Because sometimes they can be a little bit constricted, and there's just a whole bunch to it. And I'm constantly learning. You know, mm-hmm. I went to school for three years, and now. I'm still learning and that's what I love about this is that I'm never going to stop learning. Yeah. I'm always going to find new techniques and do new uh, courses with someone where I'm going to learn some new trick. It's about getting more um, more tools in your toolbox to help people feel better and to alleviate aches and pains. Is there something that you're specifically really, really interested in um, in terms of the practice? like? Well, I actually have started doing um, some um, um, prenatal cranial osteopathy. Cool. So that's gonna be that's gonna be another facet, I think, because I mean, babies' uh, physiology is very different from mm-hmm. uh, from uh, adults and stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. And I mean, babies are just great. So. Babies are great. Babies are so great. <laughs> so great. I'm got, I'm gonna be an aunt soon. Oh, first good for time. You. So I'm very excited yeah. about that. It'll be really good. Maybe yeah, we'll bring the ball in cool. here. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been lovely having you on the show and My having pleasure. a good old chat. Um, we all look forward to hearing about the sourdough recipe. Um, yes. We'll probably yes. have to try and uh, link it somewhere. Bring in some yeah. bread. I'll bring in some bread. Yeah. Come on, day, come I, all. Yeah. If, if I could do a good loaf next time, I'll be like, okay, I'll bring in okay. some bread. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Just don't tell anyone else. Just me. Just you. Just okay. me. Yeah, well, no, maybe just... what I'll do is I'll cut off half of it and then it's like, yeah, it was just leftover just, and give yeah. that to everybody oh, else. Yeah, and perfect. You can have yeah, just put them in the mailbox. Because the loads are big. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're huge. I don't think it will fit in, 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 the, mailbox. in the inbox. That's okay. No. No. You know what? That's fine. I'd have to crush it or slice it. Okay. You know yeah. what? That's fine. Yeah. Well, don't we'll find worry. <laughs> it's, it's coming. Okay. It's coming. Can't wait. <laughs> awesome.